Do you remember your time in economics class in high school when you learned about compounding interest? For those that feel like that was ages ago, here's a quick tutorial. Let's assume a very generous bank offers to pay John and Lisa a return of 10% per year, and they each invest $1,000 called the principal. John wants to spend the interest each year and only keep the principal in the bank, while Lisa wants to save for 30 years, so she doesn't take the interest out each year. In John's case, the 10% amount to $100 each year. So after one year, he'll have $1,100 in his account, out of which he'll take $100. After the second year, he'll once again have $1,100 in his account, out of which he'll take $100. After the 30th year, he'll have $1,100 as usual and take $100. He will be left with $1,000 in his account. So his principal and the returns he made amount to $100 multiplied by 30, so another $3,000 a grand total of $4,000 that he made over 30 years. Lisa, on the other hand, will make more. After one year, she will have $1,100 in her account, but she keeps everything there. After the second year, she will earn 10% of those $1,100, and not only on the initial $1,000. Therefore, she will have $1,100 plus $110, so $1,210. After the third year, she will earn 10% of those $1,210 and have $1,331. After year 30, she will have $17,449.40, over four times more than John. Now do you remember it? How many of you set aside bunches of money in high school and are now millionaires? I'm guessing not likely the case for most of us. You may be asking yourself, what does this have to do with boating under the influence? Well, on today's episode, we're going to be talking about Alex's fifth and final key finding, the relative risk of death for drinking operators and drinking passengers and for men and women are equivalent. We will also delve into compounding risk one is taking when they increase their blood alcohol concentration through consumption on the water. This is Between the Waves, an audio series to discuss the topics important to today's water safety professional. Here's your host from the great state of Texas, Cody Jones. Over the last four podcasts, we have been working our way through Alex's research and discussing her key findings. On this final episode in the series, we will discuss her last key finding. Alex, the floor is yours. So the last point is that relative risk of death is equivalent for drinking operators and drinking passengers and for men and women. And that kind of piggybacks off of the passenger consumption point to the point that no matter who you are, if you're drinking and if you're on a boat, your risk of dying is the same. In a case-controlled study on relative risk, it was determined that the relative risk of drowning was 31.8% among persons with a blood alcohol of 0.1 or greater. The relative risk of a person with a BAC of 0.0 but below 0.1 is 4.6. Whatever your BAC is, if it's above 0.0, your risk of dying increases. Um, It may not increase the 52% that it does at 0.25, but that increase is such a jump. So if we can say that below 0.1, the risk is about 4.6% increase. At 0.1 and above, it's 31.8, and at 0.25, it's 52.4. So that is such a jump. The drunker you get, your increased risk of dying is so high and gets high so fast. 
the relative risk of death increases 1.3 at a BAC of 0.01. So like we talked about, even at the lowest levels of BAC, 0.01 is very low level. The risk of dying increases 1.3%. And while that may not feel huge, it is. You're still increasing your risk of death. That's still a big deal when compared to a BAC of 0.0. People who are willing to engage in one type of risky behavior are also more likely to engage in other types of risky behavior too. So individuals who partake in alcohol consumption in an aquatic setting are statistically less likely to wear a life jacket and more likely to swim alone or in unsupervised areas. No or low life jacket use is correlated to any level of alcohol use between, because of the correlation between different types of risky behavior. So the data shows that if people who drink more, as your BAC increases, your level of life jacket use decreases, whether that be because you just are having fun or because you're more willing to take those risks at a higher BAC and when you're more impaired. 24% of boating fatalities in the year 2000 occurred when the boat was stationary or drifting. So the risk is present whether or not the boat is moving. This is especially important for the topic of passenger consumption. The boat doesn't have to be moving for you to die. Um, and while 24% is about a quarter, that's still a huge number from the standpoint that we have a lot of, I mean, we have a lot in Kentucky I'm just going to anchor, get really, really drunk, and then I'll drive home later. Thinking that they're okay because they're not driving while drinking, that's not the case. So many of these fatalities are happening while the boat is at anchor. Whether that's because of someone falling overboard, of someone doing something stupid, running into the prop, etc. When you're in a car, you're much more likely to die if the car is moving. And in a boat, the fact that it doesn't have to be moving for the risk to be present is huge. Whether or not the boat is moving, that 52.4% increase in the percentage of risk of death is still there. And that's something that I think a lot of our messaging could be more toward. Alcohol use and PFD non-use constitute the two primary modifiable risks for boating-related deaths. So many boating courses address PFD use as a safeguard when falling overboard, but most don't discuss the role of alcohol in precipitating the fall. A person is more impaired on a boat than they would be on land with the same amount of alcohol in the same amount of time. So that's something that the research has shown time and time again in each of these points is that at the same amount of time, with the same food in your system, with the same amount of alcohol, you're more impaired on the water. Yeah, you may drink one beer on land and not feel a thing and be totally fine. You may drink one beer on the water and be gone just because of the environmental factors and because of the way that the boat moves. Whether you're going 70 miles an hour in a bass boat or all hooked together in the yacht club, your risk of dying is exactly the same if you have alcohol in your system. And I think that's a big topic in that we can hook a bunch of boats together and sit here all day and think that, okay, we're not going anywhere. We're totally fine. The person going 70 miles an hour, also drunk, in a bass boat is at such a much greater risk. But that's just not true. Um, the risk of death is the same regardless of what situation you place yourself in. Like compounding interest, small incremental increases in a person's BAC compounds the risk of death they face no matter the activity they're participating in on the water. 
The relative risk faced by all who choose to drink is great, and our program should continue to focus on this point. I want to thank Alex for her in-depth research and time on this project. I hope in a small way this series and Alex's research has made you think about ways in which we can continue to address the significant problem of voting under the influence. For a full copy of Alex's research, you can visit nasbla.org and locate it under the Advocacy tab. If you want to reach out to Alex, you're welcome to email her at alex.audi at nasbla.org. Stay safe out there.